you know, I think about the term, like, you got to get up to get down. Like, in, in this case, it was like, you had to go outside to, to, to realize and figure out, like, all right, I can stay right here and still fulfill what I want to fulfill. Imagine you've just received news that could change the trajectory of your entire career. And maybe not in a good way. You sit thinking in a room by yourself, being consumed by thoughts of worst-case scenarios and self-doubt. But then you remember you have a lifeline available. Someone you trust who's been through a similar challenge, who just might be able to offer a solution, or at least an approach that'll get you on the path to one. And that is when everything starts to look a little brighter. I'm Joe DeProspero. This is the Montfail Muse. I am so very excited to finally be back behind a microphone. This time, not alone. I am Joe DeProspero. This is the Montvale Muse. It's taken me quite a while to get this thing back off the ground, but sometimes, folks, you need a little help from your friends. I am so honored to have a friend with me here today, and every episode going forward, the wonderfully insightful Gail Smith-McCarthy, your new co-host. Welcome, Gail. Hello. Thank you. I am so excited to be here, Joe. So excited to be talking with our community and just to see where we go with this and have a great time. Absolutely. So as you know, because we've had a lot of conversations off the air, it's difficult to curate content for this podcast. I'd love to do one as often as possible, like every week if we could. And I was thinking one day, what if we just create our own stories and, and I bring somebody else on who can share their perspectives and I thought nobody better than you because we've recorded three episodes, only, only <laughs> released two. That's another story for oh, another yeah. day. But um, always so wonderful to hear your take on things and you're such a good storyteller and I thought nobody better than you. So I'm really excited to see where we, where we go with this. Well, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me and, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. Cool. So... We are going to be the co-hosts of the Montville Muse. However, that doesn't mean that we won't ever have guests. So if you potentially want to be a guest on the show, reach out to one of us. But if not, and it'll just be the two of us, sometimes we will have people asking questions. We're going to incorporate as many voices of the campus as we possibly can. But if nothing else, it's going to be me and Gail. And uh, hopefully you'll like that. But really, if, if you are thinking, even if you have the spark of an idea and you think, hey, let me, let me put that one forward, please do come forth. Everybody has a voice here. And like Joe said, we're looking for as many of them as possible to really add to the flavor of this community that we have here at Montvale. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. Absolutely, Gail. And today we're going to be talking about mentoring. Mentoring is not just a buzzword. It is something that, you know, you and I, I know, I know, live our lives by. So we're going to be talking about our mentoring journeys and where we have found pitfalls along the way, you know, things we've learned along the way um, from the very first day we joined the firm until now. But before we get to that, let's break the ice. I love icebreakers. <laughs> okay, so we have a question from our audience that was sent in and... Gail and I are, are, are going to respond to it. So what do, we, what do you got? Hi, Gail. Hi, Joe. Jesse Cruz here from the OMP team. I was wondering what your go-to fun fact is about yourself when you're at a big meeting. Okay, interesting. So <laughs> I guess it is appropriate that our first question as a duo on the podcast about that's an icebreaker is what is our icebreaker, you know? So when we're at a meeting, 
or a conference, what, what is our go-to uh, fun fact or you know, icebreaker about ourselves? Gail, I'll let you go first. Up until the end of September, I still had the Netflix DVD plan. So I was very sad to receive my last Netflix DVD and to say goodbye to, um, to that. I do also have streaming. We certainly do stream Netflix at home, but DVDs, I just found, I'm a movie person. I've, uh, before COVID, I was always a movie person, very much not a show person. And Netflix DVD, they just had a better movie selection. You know, you, you look on streaming and there are like old movies or just movies that I'm, I'm just not interested in. But the DVD, they always just, I had a, a, a queue that was filled with it probably had 200 or something DVDs in it at any one time. And so I will miss that. And I will also miss being able to watch behind the scenes and interviews with the cast and the directors and how they made the movie and the special features. So, yeah, I was old school with my Netflix DVDs. I, I can appreciate that. You know, I was telling my kids the other day, there, there's something special about when you would go to the video store to pick out a, a, a tape, yeah. you know, show my age, or, or a DVD, and then going there and it being there, like you won something, like you mm -hmm. won some kind of a prize. There's something just exciting, that same thing with like, you know, cassettes and CDs with music. Mm -hmm. There's something about the physicality of something. Yes. Very cool. What so, about you? So mine... The, 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 and I, I hate for this to sound like a brag, but it is probably the most interesting thing I've done. So when I was 15, I saved two children from a burning house. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing my, this is the only time procrastination ever benefited anybody uh, in my <laughs> life. I was up at like 11.15 at night doing my math homework, which I hated. I always waited till the last minute to do it. And I smelled like this, like I smelled something burning, you know, and I looked outside and I could see like a glowing coming from my next door neighbor's house. Ran out the front door and uh, saw like the siding was on fire. Wow. Couldn't tell how bad it was. Um, and if I had known how bad it was at the time, I probably would have been more scared than I was <laughs> running inside. But thankfully the door was open. Um, I saw that the mom's car was out. Sometimes she, her kids were like 13 and 11. So sometimes she would go out. Mm -hmm. She was a single mom and, um, you know, got them out. Apparently the, if, if I hadn't gone in there, the kids would have, the, the, would have perished in the house. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it was a crazy situation. It scared the living daylights out of my father, who was sleeping on the couch at that point and just mm -hmm. saw a figure run past him, the door closed. I'm nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. There's the police officers and firemen coming down the street. So I wound up getting awards from, you know, the, the Board of Education in my town, the police. It was a big deal. That is a big deal. I mean, my jaw is still on the floor. I'm, yeah. I'm still kind of speechless. But just know that if you do nothing else in your life, you have definitely served a purpose, not just for yourself, but for people, other people who, I mean, who knows where that legacy will go. But that's amazing. There are probably other fun facts about myself that are not so glowing. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll save that for another episode for sure. But let's talk, Gail, about about mentoring. You know, we were talking about this kind of dovetails right into like helping other people, mm -hmm. bringing other people up and, and serving others in some way. So how has your mentoring journey been, you know, in your career at the firm and, and when did it start? From a career standpoint, I've had mentors early on who kind of through their modeling and even sometimes through their like Mike Brady moments for those who, who are familiar with the Brady Bunch and how Mike Brady always had words of advice would show me, okay, that's good behavior, that's not so good behavior with other people who we were around. And so it really showed me early 
on, you know, what, what, what's, what's a good way to be within the, the work environment with your fellow colleagues um, as a professional, et cetera. I've also had mentors who've helped me to sharpen my focus. If I say, you know, I, I think I want to do this. I'm just not really sure. I, I know conceptually what I want to do, but just not really sure what that means. They've helped me to, to sharpen that that lens and to really hone in and figure out, okay, here's what that means. And here's, here's how to, how to go about that. And then I think one of the most important things, and maybe this is an episode in and of itself, but some of those mentors have turned into active sponsors. And, you know, we always talk about the difference between mentor and a sponsor, and there definitely is a difference. Um, Sometimes they've been sponsors before I even knew they were sponsors before I had any idea that they were saying my name in a room or or kind of putting a, a good word in for me somewhere so they've they've really been helpful and of course i've tried to pay that forward as much as i can with by mentoring others which is i think an important part of the whole mentoring puzzle as well yeah gail you bring up a lot of good points and the whole sponsorship thing is is is, is a byproduct of a really healthy mentor mentee relationship when you really have shown them something the beginning of mine Let's start at the beginning of my career here at the firm. Yikes, 2004. It's coming up on 20 years here. I started, had no idea what I was even doing here. You know, I just knew I didn't want to be where I was, right? Mm-hmm. My first week, I get an email from Catherine Leo, who was my recruiter, still here, I think in the Atlanta office, and said, hey, we paired you up with Ron Rudolph as your mentor. Like, who in the world is Ron <laughs> Rudolph? I realized upon meeting Ron why I was paired up with him. He was a little bit further in his career, had more experience, mm-hmm. a writer, a creative type, exactly what I was. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the role I was in, though. So it's almost like they said, we need to, I always use the term feed, feed your soul. Like we need to feed his soul a little mm-hmm. bit and give him a mentor, somebody who can help him adapt his skills and passions into his job here, right? And um, I really, I, and I learned something if nothing else, I learned something really important from Ron. It's that a mentor here is not, it's not necessarily their goal to make sure that you are following an, an exact path within your, your structure mm-hmm. of whatever organization you're in from associate to senior associate to manager. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about, well, maybe you need a whole different career change, you know, about finding what the essence of you is. I remember Ron and I talked a lot about my passion for writing. I wasn't doing much writing outside of work, so mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't flexing that muscle yeah. at all. And uh, Ron, who, who lives out in Connecticut, said, you know, knew I was a big wrestling fan growing up. He's like, I have a connection to WWE. It's like, not that I want to get you out of here, but like, let's explore that option. So we met the, the managing editor of WWE Magazine at that time. We went to the headquarters, which is cool. We got off the elevators, like Andre the Giant's boots are, are there. It's oh, like, wow. a, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. And I was, I was awestruck. And speaking of awestruck, uh, a really cool moment from that. I was in the company cafeteria online mm-hmm. on the deli line. I looked to my right, Linda McMahon is standing right there. And I was just like jaw hung open. In I mean, kind of staring. And I had no time to look away. I was looking right at her and she looked over at me. And the little, th- the things, th- how celebrities behave, and I'll call her celebrity because, you know, she's technically, mm-hmm. um, in those little moments kind of show who they are. And she looked over at me and was like, oh, I'm sorry, did I cut you? Oh. And I'm like, no. Like, 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm just lo- like, thank yeah. you for being so nice. You just right. kind of expect them to be mean. I, I don't know why. Oh. And uh, so I thought that was a really cool little moment. And in, in that meeting with, uh, you know, the managing editor, mm-hmm. I realized, I don't know if this is really the thing for me. Um, and maybe I should do more writing outside of work, which of mm-hmm. course you don't want to hear. You just want to make, sh- you just want ins- to just have your, your job to be, you know, nothing but sunshine and rainbows all the time right. and everything you love to do. It didn't work out that way. And, and that was, that was one of those learning experiences where mm-hmm. I, where I, where I realized it doesn't have to be this way. It can, it can be another way. That's really great. And it's, it's almost like you had to, you know, I think about the term, like you got to get up to get down. Like in, in this case, it was like you had to go outside to, to, to realize and figure out like, all right, I can stay right here and still fulfill what I want to fulfill. I wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of being given a mentor. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Because at first I didn't really like it. And even now it can be a little jarring. Like mm-hmm. this is the person you should learn from. Right. You know, but it's usually done by somebody who is, who is well-intentioned, mm-hmm. who, who has the knowledge of why you two should be paired up. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. And I've learned that it may not be comfortable at first, mm-hmm. but you can learn. You just got to find out what can you learn and what can you get out of and what can they get out of the situation. Yes. So I look at every situation in life like that. What can I learn from this person that I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make the best of this situation. Agreed. Because it's not always going to be, this is perfect, you're, you're exactly who I want. Like when you're given a PML, you don't always, most of the time you don't have that choice. Right. So you have to make the best of that situation and say, how do I maximize mm-hmm. the potential of this here situation? Mm-hmm. And I find that the, the, the most unhappy people in life are ones that can't compromise, who can't find a way around that and don't learn from other people. Right, and then they, they kind of, sit and soak in their in their thought of this isn't working because it's not what I you know predicted or what I chose instead of looking for hey there are opportunities to figure out how we can both get something out of this and and how how we can make it work yeah and and then the other the other side of the coin is is choosing a mentor Mm -hmm. either in an official or unofficial capacity so my KPMG career has has been sandwiched with two mentors that were given to me mm-hmm. and one that I chose. The one I chose was Doreen Hurley. Mm-hmm. And Doreen, I'm going to make sure she hears this because she's now retired. Yes. Uh, she retired very recently. And it was just one of those organic things. We always found ourselves in front of each other connecting on, on kind of a spiritual level. She always made sure that I, the, she would always tell me, don't get in, don't just don't get in your own way. She would always say that to Great me. Advice. So, and so the best mentors, I feel like they find out who you are and then they push you to be that person no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I, I refer, I always refer to her as my KPMG mom. Um, <laughs> her, her and I have talked at length about like, like we both lost a parent. She's lost two and, and about like the daily struggle of pushing through that morning. I know we've talked about that with you as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know you've you found a great mentor in life when there's nothing really off limits. Yeah. You know, you can talk about anything and connect and you're comfortable with it. So I, I, I cherish the time that, that she's given me and now I need to make especially sure that I'm deliberate about staying connected with her, you know, in her retirement. Yes. And and really continuing that relationship. I, I can think of a mentor of mine, my first probably my first professional mentor. And I remember he said to me, 
once a mentor, always a mentor. So you can't get rid of me. And I mean, he's long since retired. I've since left that company, but we still exchange birthday cards and holiday cards every year. And I'm always, his birthday's in February. So I'm always sure to, uh, to say, Hey, and by the way, happy belated, thank your mentor day, because he, he really was, was the start of a foundation of so many things that have led to other great opportunities. And, and he was actually assigned to me when I think about it, he was one of those situations where it was like, okay, this is going to be your mentor. And, but in, in our case, it organically blossomed into something much more. Um, and he, he was kind of like my, my dad in a way as well, you know, and, and he was like, what does your father think about this? You know, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a chat with your, with your dad about this. You know, I was, I was in my twenties, so it was kind of, you know, that kind of appropriate yeah. kind of uh, bantering back and forth, but really great, great person. Um, but then I feel like similar to you, I've had a mix of, of mentors who have been chosen, but I, I don't, in most of my cases, it's been an organic evolution or I kind of went out and sought somebody, but it, it's been very intentional and it did require just kind of going into the unknown in some cases, because I didn't always know the people that I reached out to. Um, and it was just, all right, well, that person over there looks interesting. And so let me, let me try to talk to them. Yeah, that's re that's really important. And if I also find that there are many variations of unofficial mentors yes. in our lives and it can go both ways, you know, the, the mm -hmm. learning, um, specifically Justin Domini, who is a very close friend of mine, started out as my boss in like 2006 or seven. And um, when it first started, mm -hmm. he was, you know, he clearly had more experience, more like business savvy. And I learned something really important from him. And that is, I remember there was an issue was like, I was managing our internal like webcasting platform. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of people who had come to me and said, I'm having trouble like logging in with like my network ID and password. Oh yeah, that's interesting, okay. And then I went on to other things. And then it turned out it was like a large scale issue that nobody was able to get in, nobody could attend events. And he pulled me aside and it, it, he was not being condescending, I promise when he said this, but he's like, did you really think doing nothing was a solution? Hmm. Gail, I think about that at least once a week. Whenever I see an issue with one of my kids or at work and like, is just being a bystander really ever going to solve anything? Mm. And I'm like, you're right. And I was, I was embarrassed mm -hmm. because I, I should have been embarrassed. Like I should have done something mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. And um, so he became a mentor in that way, like just as a professional, like yeah. being my, being the best version of myself here. And then later on, like, I think as recent as a couple of weeks ago, he called me about like developing content for a podcast and develop, you know, a show flow. And, and how do you get people to talk about certain things and make them comfortable? And, mm -hmm. And, and that's really gratifying for me to kind of give back in that way. Yes. And it's somebody who I's, oh, oh, I've always looked up to in certain ways mm -hmm. now look up now looks up to me in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to always, um, you know, to always be open to learning if you're a mentee, but also be open to learning if you're a mentor. I think that's important too. Yep, I agree. And and I think that's, that's when you hit that sweet spot. And it, it doesn't necessarily happen right away because typically when, when one goes into a mentoring relationship, they're going into it, you know, as a mentee slash mentor. And so there's that, you know, kind of expected role for each one. But over time, that definitely evolves where you're each learning from each other. You're each giving to each other. You're each 
um, you know, kind of kind of feeding off of each other and the relationships, the, the relationship grows richer for both of you. So, yeah. So how often, Gail, how often do you typically meet with your mentor or does it vary? It's funny. Actually, I have to I have to before I answer your question, I, I this is one piece of information that or advice that I got from a mentor and it stayed with me. It was a KPMG mentor. And um, he said it was Michael Orth, one of my like OG mentors here. First and, ever and guest on the Montreal News. Yeah. yeah, bringing this all full circle. <laughs> yeah. um, but he, I, I, I approached him because I was looking to explore careers and opportunities within our learning and development organization. And I just knew, I mean, you know, everybody knows Michael. He just seems to know everybody and everything. And I said, he can probably tell me who I should talk with and, and kind of lay out the organization for me because I didn't really know what it was like. And I said, I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking to gain a mentor in, in the learning and development organization. And I said, I know that you, you're probably, your hands are probably full, so I'm not going to ask you, but I would love to, to kind of figure out where I, and he said, let me tell you, don't just seek out a mentor you should have a cloud of mentors. He used those words and that stuck with me and it really kind of made it into less of a check the box activity and more of a door opener to say, okay, there can be different people who, who mentor for different purposes. And that's how I've approached it all ever since then. I mean, I definitely have many mentors. So when you ask how often I connect with my mentor, that's why I had to backtrack and say, I have, I have several, I have, you know, and, and it really varies. I mean, there's one person who became a sponsor and they've, they've grown up in the organization and, and kind of gotten to a point where they, they just can't meet. We used to probably meet maybe every one or two months. We can't do that anymore. So it's really more touch base every now and then if I have something specific that I'm working through um, she's always you know very much available and and supportive of me there's another mentor who we really a former PML we catch up once a month uh, and then we just talk through things sometimes it's work related sometimes it's not work related and then there are others that maybe once a quarter we catch up with so it really varies it just depends on the person our schedules and and what we're talking about yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Same here. Mm -hmm. Although I realize that there's one of my mentors that we haven't talked in. It's been a little too long. It's almost like a friendship. You realize like, and I haven't talked to Dave and it's, it just, you sense it, mm -hmm. you know, you, you sense that with, with certain people that you, you need to, you need to go back home. Mm -hmm. You need to connect with them again. I love that. Go back home. That's great. Yeah. So Gail, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate you joining me on this journey on the podcast. But one of the things I want to inject here is I want to have a last word to kind of wrap things up here on the podcast? Well, one thing I want to say about mentoring in general is don't expect it to be a 100% complete effort in the beginning. I think of it as seeding your lawn. For those of you who have a house who don't necessarily want to take the expense of rolling out sod if you've got bare patches on your lawn, when you seed your lawn, you sprinkle grass seed and then you, you water it and the grass doesn't all come up at once. You, you don't have a full lawn. You have to keep watering. You have to keep reseeding. Some of the grass seeds will take. Some of them won't. You'll have patches of grass come up, patches of bare soil. But you kind of keep, it's an iterative process. And so I, I, I think of, 
you know, seeking out a mentor and even cultivating a mentoring relationship as that. It takes effort. It takes intention. And it's it's something that evolved along the way. And it's something that you just don't there's there's no concrete path in terms of how it will turn out. It'll just kind of evolve. And then eventually you'll get to where it needs to be. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I will, I will leave you all with one final thought that to me and to us, mentoring is not just a term that we put on our LinkedIn profile or we put in our year-end self-assessment. It is a daily way of life. Thanks for joining us on the Montville Muse and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Montvale Muse. If you have a story or topic you'd like to hear about on this podcast, reach out to me at jdeprospero at kpmg.com. And be sure to subscribe to the series to be notified of new episodes.